1: What's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the Atlantic Files the number one podcast on the number one division in the NBA brought to you by the underdog sports podcast network as always joined by your hosts myself Alex Fishbein and we got Mike Bash. Dennis out he doesn't feel well tonight so it's me and Mike running it back here what's going on Mike
0: not much not much just uh hanging out ready to uh hopefully uh hear some news about the nets in the coming days but who knows what's going to happen and uh anxiously waiting for uh, them to announce that they're going to run it back but every day brings another rumor and we'll, we 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 take it as it comes and we 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 we're weathering the storm right now <laughs>
1: i got you i got you i mean it is kind of rough not knowing if, like, you're gonna have to blow the entire team up, or if you're actually gonna have the team that was supposed to be the championship hopeful that was the last couple seasons, so uh, it's a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but speaking of news, so obviously the hottest news on the NBA block, Jalen Brown talked about being upset and everything from the well, he didn't talk about being upset, he tweeted out smh. And obviously it was in response to the rumors that he was offered in a trade from Boston to Brooklyn for Kevin Durant. The rumored trade was surrounding him and Derek White, and I think it was like two first-round picks or something along those lines. Um, I mean, as a Brooklyn Nets guy, you would be happy with that return, right?
0: Uh, you're on mute. My bad. My bad. Um, yeah. I mean, Jalen Brown is like the headliner. Yeah, but I wanted like I want Jalen Brown. I want Robert Williams. I want Marcus Smart. I want three <laughs> first round picks, three pick swaps. Like I want to do to Boston what the Boston did to the to the Nets.
1: Okay. So you want revenge? Is essentially yeah. What I this said.
0: is revenge. <laughs>
1: I mean, I I definitely think Jalen Brown, Derek White, and, like, two first-round picks, I definitely think that's not enough. For I, sure. Um want, especially Time Lord. What was that? Oh, yeah, Time Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think they'll ever give up Time Lord in a deal like that just because then all they have is Al Horford and Daniel Tice, and I don't think they're trying to get to a championship with just those two. Yeah. But... I could see them offering somebody like Marcus Smart, you know, Derek White still there. Cause now that they have Brogdon in, um, they they do have a little bit of leeway there. Not a whole lot, cause like after them point guard wise is like Peyton Pritchard, and then that's kind of where you reach the end. <laughs> but uh I definitely think that a team with Tatum, KD, say they keep Robert Williams. That's a great start as it is. Brogdon in at point guard, if he can stay healthy, Lord knows if that would ever happen or not because he hasn't so far. But um, to me, Boston would be the idiots to actually make this trade.
0: Well, that's because they don't have Danny Ainge anymore, who Danny Ainge only wants to trade-rate people. Danny Ainge <laughs> is like the Skyler of our football league in basketball. He wants yes. 12 first-round picks for guys that are not worth 12 first-round picks.
1: Oh, yeah. Speaking Danny of which, Inge I think he... Just... Sorry, go ahead. Go
0: ahead. Danny Ainge is just good at making big trades at heavily favor him and then he ruins all the assets he got in those big trades oh yeah
1: for sure um i mean as we can see danny Angel i mean he did have that huge haul for rudy gobert which i still think minnesota's very dumb for doing so um and he's trying to get like seven first round picks for donovan mitchell which is just absolutely insane Um Tyler asks here, how far of a talent gap is there between Brown and Booker? That's actually Uh, a good
0: question. Brown's a better all-around player. I agree. From a balance standpoint, Booker's a better scorer. You know, you game on the line, you need somebody to get you a basket. I'm going Booker nine times out of ten. But right. if I'm building a championship-level team, I might go Jalen Brown because Jalen Brown can play lockdown defense. Jalen Brown is not just a give me the ball and score; like he could play. You know, he could play all over the court. So Booker's the better like superstar, I guess. But Jalen mm. Brown, I think, is more of a well-rounded player.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, we haven't seen Jalen Brown like be the number one go-to guy of a team for like a whole season or anything. So we don't know what he would be like in a number one situation because obviously he's been the number two guy so far his whole career next to Jason Tatum. Um, But I don't think the talent gap is actually that far Uh, because like you said, Jalen Brown's the better all-around guy. I, I trust his defense way more than Devin Booker. I trust his decision-making. I trust his even his playmaking. His athleticism is better than Devin Booker's. Um, But as you said, the all-out scorer, easily Devin Booker, especially shooter in general. Um, So that being said, yeah, right now I definitely have Devin Booker as, you know, I would rank him higher. I would have him as the better superstar, star talent. But... I don't think the gap is as far as people would make it out to be. And that's a big reason. Like you just said, I would pick Jalen Brown to, to build a championship team. And that's why I think Boston would be dumb to make this type of trade, especially with where they're at right now. They just got to the finals. Now, granted, I know some of the teams they played, you know, might have been hurt or whatever, but that's always how every year goes. They had some luck go their way to get to the final and everything, but they got to the final with this team, and not just that, but they added a player in Malcolm Brogdon who would help big time in the playoffs. And like now that Jason Tatum has another deep playoff run in his belt, That's more experience for him. And now, you know, next postseason comes, Jason Tatum might have a way better final series than he did against Golden State because there was numerous times he came up short in that series. But I'm not going to... I I can't sit here and say that Jason Tatum is always going to come up short in the playoffs. Mm
0: -hmm. So. I mean... I just, like... And I said this back in, like, January. The the Celtics beat themselves. They... Oh yeah, they they, they 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 could win. They could have won an NBA. I mean, it's hard to say they could have won the NBA championship. Golden State, Steph Curry is ridiculous. Best player for sure. One of the best players in the last fifty years. You know, he, he's an amazing player, amazing talent. But like, how many times do we see Tatum go ISO or Brown go ISO when it's not necessary? When it, like a forced ISO and it's it, it's not necessary. And and that's what what happens. That the the team turns the ball over too much, then they rely on the ISO, then they get out of the ISO and they keep turning it over. It's just they have the talent all over the place. You know, they have Time Ward. Obviously Brown and Tammy, have Time Ward, you have Horford. you have Smart, you have White, you have all these guys, Pritchard even like, can come in and get you a bucket. But it's like they don't know how to use it. They don't know how they don't know how to put it together consistently. What we've seen at its top, they won the conference. They made it to the NBA finals. They won two games or one game in the NBA finals. But mm-hmm. that that team, from a talent standpoint, should win. Should be should have won the NBA championship.
1: Right. No, they're, I mean, they're not
0: too deep, and then you're scrapping and calling. They're nine deep, ten deep.
1: Right. And on top of that, like they definitely should have. I, I mean, they they should have at least you know, giving them, giving the Warriors an even more run for their money. Um, but the the fact that now they brought in a guy who was, you know, paid big money and was supposed to be a big-time starting point guard, now they bring him in on top of the guy. Like, they didn't even get rid of much to get him. They got rid of, like, what, Neesmith and a couple other filler guys.
0: And like, maybe a future first, but I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, they keep the same core roster that was in the championship add Brogdon, and I think they they signed a couple of the guys they already had, but I don't remember if they added anybody else or not but um so now you would look at like a start like the you could even keep the same starting five they have but have Brogdon and Derek White coming off the bench that's big <laughs> I mean that would that is already an improved bench with one guy coming off of it who can run the entire offense and can give you. I mean, I think his last season that he start that he like actually played over half the season he was putting up around like nineteen and seven or something like that. Brogdon was so having that kind of guy either start or come off the bench is huge with a team that already made the finals and there can be an argument. That Jalen Brown is the better player than Jason Tatum. A lot of people have made the argument, a lot of people have talked about it. And if if that can even be an argument, not that it's correct or wrong or whatever, but if that can even be one and you're trading him away on top, because you're not just trading Jalen Brown, first off, you're trading Jalen Brown plus your depth and your future for Kevin Durant. And while Kevin Durant is still one of the greatest players of all time, it's the same reason I didn't want the Sixers to trade for Kevin Durant. It's going to destroy the foundation of the team and the depth of the team. And we've watched the last five, six, seven years that the super teams that get built that have no depth don't end up winning.
0: I mean... Are you sure about that though? Do you think if 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 KD went to Boston for Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, even in Robert Williams, you don't think they win a championship think. still?
1: No. I don't think you so. You don't think either.
0: they could bring in a mid, a mid-level uh use a mid-level exception or a minimum vet man on a center to replace Robert Williams? Like it's White Howard?
1: I mean they can, but I don't think he's gonna be even close to the same impact that Robert Williams is. And on top of that you get rid of Marcus Smart, who was just Defensive Player of the Year, so you're getting rid of the best defender, the second best defender, and your your number two slash number one young star for KD. Who who knows if he's going to quit on Boston after a year? Who knows if he's going to quit on Boston after two years without even winning a championship, and then. Now, because because here's the other thing, too. All you have left is an aging Al Horford. You're going to bring in, like, a Dwight Howard or a LaMarcus Aldridge or a DeMarcus Cousins who also can't really stay healthy and aren't giving you great production. You have an injury-prone Malcolm Brogdon. So then, say, like, a couple of those guys get hurt, you're back to square one.
0: Yeah. Hey, but it's a risk you gotta take. It's a risk. Like look at it in fantasy football. You have Derrick Henry, you have Zeke Elliott, you have Dalvin Cook, you have Aaron Rodgers, right? You have four guys. Anyone would love that core of a team. But you have no draft picks. And you gave True. up your Travis Etienne and the multiple draft picks to get those guys. If you start off two and four this year, you gotta blow it up. True. So it's like the same predicament the Celtics are in. You, you're hoping, you're praying, you start off 5-1 and one this year and you can make a move to get to the playoff, make make a move to get to the championship. It's the same thing for the Celtics. They can stay in that, you know, we're close but we're not close enough and we're going to hope that these pieces come together and these guys get better and, we, and we'll win. Or... They go all in. They get the piece to get him over the top and they win the championship. It's, I mean, if you have KD and Jason Tatum together, barely any, barely many people can guard JT. Nobody can guard KD. They're going to score at will. You know, and it's not like, oh, you thought, okay, you put Kyrie Irving next to KD and they're going to be an offensive juggernaut. Yeah, they are. But Kyrie Irving's six foot two. You can, you can stop him. Two guys, six ten, six eleven. 6'11", it's hard to stop them.
1: I mean, I'm definitely not discounting the fact that their offense is going to be elite. Like, the offense is, is going to be fine. You got Brogdon, you got, you got, you'll find pieces. You can find some pieces, but I don't think, especially because the They'll East Eric stronger. Brenzo.
0: Greg Oden oh, will okay. come out of retirement.
1: Marco <laughs> Milicic will come back. Greg Monroe's still out there.
0: Greg Monroe <laughs> will be their 12th man. Hashim Sabit will come back. I mean, bring Aaron
1: fine. Baines back. Yeah, <laughs> they'll be fine. Mark is will
0: ring chase up there.
1: My thing is, you can look at Brooklyn and say it could that could happen again. Also, you could look at the Lakers and say that could happen. Like, yeah, the Lakers ended up getting their ring, but ever since then, they haven't even made the playoffs. The Mickey the Mickey Mouse championship that they won? Exactly. And then, not only that, but the East itself got stronger. The Knicks got better. The Sixers got better. The Raptors got better, especially because they have now the Rookie of the Year who has another year under his belt. And if Fred VanVleet can stay healthy and everything, that, that's a better team. Um, even some of the, the bad teams got better. And then on top of that, the Atlanta Hawks, they got DeJounte Murray now. Yeah, but they're stuck with like, John
0: Collins who fouls out of Drew League games.
1: <laughs> oh, and we're going to talk about that. Um, but with all of these Eastern teams getting better and like Chicago wasn't even healthy for a full season. So we don't even know what Chicago could give it, give you. So. I just don't think you blow it up to the point where... Because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are, are like, what, 25 and 26 years old? Or, to, or yeah. 26 and 27? Like, I to me, you run it back at least one more season, especially with Malcolm Brogdon now. And then you decide if you want to blow it up for some other superstar that might be out there. Because for... For all we know, Donovan Mitchell might not be traded this year and could wait till next year. Then you might be able to go for Donovan Mitchell. There's still Bradley Beal, who is probably going to get traded at some point soon. Like, there are other guys that you're going to be able to trade for next season. And on top of that, I've always been a big KD guy. Like He's always been one of my favorite players outside of any sixer. And now more than ever, I second guess getting KD just because of age, the injuries he's been through now, now that he's, you know, demanding trades all the time, now that, you know, he, he, I I wouldn't say he himself underperformed that much, but he didn't help a team perform to the level that they want. Like, there's a lot more question marks now with KD than there ever was before, and that's what worries me.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I listen, I get it. You're a Sixer fan, right? You guys have never won anything. You're afraid to go all in. You already got Joel Embiid, who's a walking injury, and J- James Harden, who might skip a playoff game for, you know, a strip club. I get it. We have more
1: championships than you
0: guys. That's because Julius Irving (laughs) ended up on your team. We gave you guys Julius Irving. Oh, okay. (laughs) But sometimes you just gotta you, you just gotta go for it. And that's that's if your team has a legitimate chance of acquiring Kevin Durant, you gotta go for it.
1: I mean, I guess. I'll let Miami do that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> they can't make an offer that we we'll like.
1: I know. I'd rather. I'd rather Miami blow up their entire team and just have KD and Butler and nothing else. <laughs> um. Tyler asked, "Is the East stronger than the West?" Ah, uh, that's. Probably. It's definitely closer than ever.
0: Yeah. No, it's probably stronger. I would
1: think, so, especially now with Murray on the Hawks. Um. How strong that the Celtics looked last year. You know, as as I was just saying, Sixers getting better. If Brooklyn runs it back, they're still... You know, you still have to respect them as a top contender. Um, Chicago, if they stay healthy. um, I mean, Orlando even got better now at Bancaro. On top of the young guys getting better for them. they Miami was a number one seed last year. Like... The East is definitely a force. Um the West has a lot of question marks. Like we still don't know what the Lakers are gonna be. We still don't know what the Pelicans are gonna be now with Zion. Like is Zion gonna be fully healthy? They have CJ McCollum now. They did look better with CJ. Um the Nuggets have to get healthy again. You know, the the Warriors, are they just gonna coast now? Are they gonna like they, they lost some of their depth too? Um, Portland, no idea what Portland's gonna look like. <laughs> so, I I think I would put the East over the West right now. Um, but that being said, we brought up John Collins, the first NBA player to foul out of a Drew League game, and lose. And I just want to bring up the fact I can go back in the archives. And talk about how you said John Collins was better than Julius Randle. I mean, that's
0: what I'm saying.
1: He's nowhere close to Julius Randle. Yeah, he's way better. (laughs) Randle, at least, is the number one guy on his team. And has led his team to the playoffs. And it's the Knicks of all people. John Collins sucks. He's garbage. He just he's garbage. He is. You know who sucks? Tobias Harris. I mean, Bo Cruz made him look terrible. Dude, Bo Cruz just signed with uh, <laughs> Toronto. Toronto. <laughs> One year deal, Bo Cruz to Toronto. <laughs> But I definitely had to bring this up because we've had conversations about John Collins, and you were on the John Collins bandwagon for a good while. I don't know if you still are. I jumped right?
0: off once I traded him off my fantasy team. I jumped off.
1: Okay. <laughs> Speaking of fantasy, and that's what I wanted to bring up earlier when you talked about Skyler. He tried to trade me like Robert Woods and uh, Sutton for DK straight up. And I he was tried to like,
0: trade me that for Michael Pittman.
1: <laughs> and I was just sitting there like uh, I actually put it in the trade calculator And it said it was equal value But I was just like why would I want Either one of them Especially Robert Woods Um, But Bring it back to basketball fantasy I might have a good deal Coming with the number two pick guy
0: Oh yeah Let's, let's get a little live uh, negotiations Let's hear what's going on He's currently thinking about it Okay But I
1: offered him the number one pick, Cam Reddish, and uh, who else did I offer? I think Kobe White for Chris Paul, Oladipo, and the number two pick. Because I know, because I'm going to get either person that I want at the number two pick.
0: Yeah, but he already knows that because I kind of told him that.
1: I know, but he said he's thinking about it. So he either likes Cam Reddish or likes Kobe White.
0: So... Why don't y'all just give me the pick so I can have Chet? Like, what is it? <laughs> what you guys Neither of you want Chet. And I'm sitting there wanting Chet. He's going to take Banchero. You're going to take Jabari. And you're going to leave Nas with Chet. You can't do that to me. You cannot. Oh, no.
1: I, I'm honestly, right now, after Summer League and some more highlight watching and everything, right now I have my top two are Bancaro and Chet.
0: So if he takes Bancaro, you're going to take Chet? Right. All right. Because if you let Chet go to three, <laughs> I will literally no. murder you at your wedding. And that, and
1: so that's the thing with Nas. He actually tried to offer me some stuff for I forget who he was trying to get from me. I think it was it was he like Julius Randall or someone like that. So I I offered him. I thought it was a pretty fair trade. I'll have to look at it because I don't remember exactly was he what it to move was.
0: From five to three. Um. Three to five.
1: Uh, I don't think so. No, he just he asked me who I would give up. Or he asked me like who was on the block or whatever. But so yeah, he asked me for Julius Randle. So what I offered him was Randall, Rui, Reddish, and a first round pick for Fox and Bain. Cause he's been trying to trade Fox. He's been yeah. trying to trade me like Fox for Donovan Mitchell straight up. And I'm like, Because you
0: know, it's because he doesn't have if you look at his roster. He has too many point guard onlys, so he doesn't have right. enough. So he can't start them all in, the, in his lineup. Right. So
1: what I was—he's—he's he's asked me multiple times about Rui before.
0: Hold on. He also Watch said up he likes Reddish. Up your shirt a little bit. Oh Iverson, I was like, who's the goat?
1: Oh no, it's uh Diana Taurasi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. He's asked me multiple times about Rui. He likes Reddish. He just asked me about Randall. And then I offer him this. I'm like, hey, let me know. I'm like, I'm not saying it's a perfect trade, but just let me know like what you would want or like what you would want to take out, what you would want to add in. All he did was decline it, and then I haven't heard from him since. And that was like a week ago.
0: Right. Well, but I well, thought that was a decent deal. It could be, it could be. But you know, I want I want Chet, so how am I gonna get Chet? <laughs> You're gonna have to wait till after the draft. You want Miles
1: Bridges? <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. It's the last person I want. Do you think he ever plays again? So that's a good question. Um I might as well bring it up here so we don't have John Collins going along the bottom as we talk about it. Um, Just because I have no faith in professional sports commissioners, I think he will play again, but I don't think it'll be that soon. Like, I think, personally, I believe he should, at the very least, be suspended for the next season. And then, after that, you know, I don't think that the social heat will cool down on him enough for someone to like then pick him up and play him so i could see him like say he is found guilty all this kind of stuff whatever blah blah but blah he's, he gets suspended. Well,
0: if he's found guilty he's never gonna play again because he's gonna go to jail for like 10 years
1: well yeah but if he's that, found I mean,
0: like if he's found innocent or innocent, not guilty or, I should say. if he's found innocent or like it's knocked down from like a felony assault to, like, a misdemeanor battery or something, then he'll right.
1: play again. Yeah, and at that point, that's that's more of what I'm talking about. Like, if he if it does get knocked down to a misdemeanor, I could see him playing in, like, a year or two. Um, if he is found guilty and everything, he's not playing again. There's no way. If he is allowed to play again after being found guilty and all of that, I have zero faith in the NBA again.
0: Well for selfishly I want him to play again, so
1: I mean for fantasy reasons I understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't think he should. Um so let's move on to one other free agent real quick. Um Colin Sexton. He wasn't getting like any free agent buzz. Finally, Cleveland offered him a contract. I think it was like three years forty million. Um or it might be the other way around, it might be four years thirty, I forget. But why do you think that is? I mean, I know he got hurt and everything, but Colin Sexton was a very good player and a very I mean, he would be a great like third or second option on a decent team. What do you think the injury is the only reason why people didn't come knocking and
0: try and offer a contract? Um I think part of it is yeah. that yeah, he coming off an ACL injury, but I think the other part of it is he's kind of like an empty stats player in a way. He put up okay. 24 points on a bad team. He's a undersized two guard. He's not a true point guard. Um, he's he's CJ McCollum, but not in a winning environment. Okay, like can he get you 20 and? Eight any given night, yeah, sure. But is your team gonna win the game? Probably not. Um, that doesn't mean he's not a good player, that doesn't mean, but the I think there's a disconnect between Sexton and, and GMs. Is he worth 25 million a year? No, is he worth 15 million a year, 12 million a year? Maybe he's he's kind of ha- he's gonna have to take that in hockey. It's called a bridge deal. Where, like uh-huh. you're you're out of your um initial contract and you're in hockey how it works you get a three-year contract right right after that if you're a young 21 22 year old star you're gonna sign an eight-year deal for anywhere from eight to 11 million dollars uh-huh. if you're like you've shown flashes you were drafted pretty high but you've shown flashes but you haven't really put it all together yet you'll sign mm-hmm. a three-year deal for Three million dollars, four million dollars, and it's kind of like, all right, we'll give you an, we'll give you a raise, but prove to us that you're, you know, a star. That's what Colin Sexton's going to have to do. He's not worth twenty five, thirty, thirty five million dollars, but he's worth more than like five to six million dollars. He's going to have to take that two three year deal for twelve, fifteen million dollars, and go and prove it. And if he proves that he could win and proves that he could put up the numbers that he was putting up and be like a good on a good team in a good environment like and not on a losing team, then yeah, he 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 can get a big contract, but I think there's just a disconnect because I think he's one he just an empty stats kind of player. Like yeah, he'll get his twenty and eight, but your team's gonna lose by 20, 20 points a night. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean I guess especially since he got hurt pretty early on in the season last year, he didn't really get a chance to prove how much he can contribute to winning when Cleveland was really playing well and and up there in the standings in in the playoff race um but I mean he could go like the Fred Van Vliet route and say give me a one-year deal and I'll prove it to you and then get his payday yeah. next year but I don't know how long it's going to take him to come back from that ACL injury either
0: so yeah I'll I mean say. maybe he takes a one-year 14 million dollar 13 million dollar deal but again like Free agency, the big wave of freedom She's is finished. Like who still has cap money?
1: Yeah. No, that's that's a big issue too. It's like really the only teams that have that, that cap are the teams that are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no there's no top teams that have the cap to sign a guy like that unless he's willing to take like five million, which I don't know why or he Or an eight
0: million dollar mid level exception or whatever it is.
1: Right. Um, Tyler asked, is it a teammate problem? I don't think so. It didn't sound like his teammates didn't like him. Um, I don't remember any news or anything coming out that he was a bad teammate. Uh, to me, he sounds like a super hard worker and he's always going to show up and he's always going to play his hardest. So that's kind of the vibe he's at least given off. So I'm not really sure what that could be. Maybe he wasn't a bad or maybe he was a bad teammate behind closed doors that we just didn't get to see, but I don't know. Um, yeah. So moving on, I need to get your thoughts on this J.J. Reddick versus Jerry West beef. Have you heard everything that's happening with this? Not really. I've heard bits and pieces of it. So, like, it was – it stemmed from – First take when JJ Reddick was on there and he was talking to I think it was like that Mad Dog guy or whatever his name is, um, and because the Mad Dog guy was talking about how great the basketball was back in the day and like these guys couldn't keep up with basketball back are in the really, day and blah are blah, you blah. Really
0: referring to Chris Mad Dog Russo <laughs> as the Mad Dog guy?
1: Yeah, because I I honestly never saw him or listened to him until just recently on first take That's up. <laughs> um so and then JJ Redick fired back and was just like all right everyone in this day and age is much more athletic than everyone back then uh everyone back then was pretty much like plumbers and firefighters so then Jerry West gets back on there well, on man. on the mic and everything and says Oh, look at J.J. Reddick's career. He could have never hung back then. All this kind of stuff. Pretty much just firing back saying he's wrong. Um, I'm inclined to side with J.J. Reddick. However, there were rules back in the day that ruled against, like, even crossovers and stuff like that. Like, the rules back then were god-awful. But
0: you couldn't do a crossover back in the day?
1: Yeah, there was rules on like dribbling that like you had to like you know how they look stupid just like dribbling up the court with one hand and not switching hands ever. There were s- certain rules apparently that like disallowed and like a lot of dribble moves that are allowed today. And obviously carries were called way more also. But the athleticism today blows the athleticism out of the water from back in the day. Like, guys would be jumping over all of those guys minus, like, Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell and, like, those guys. Yeah. Even Dr. J was 50,000 times more athletic than the guys back then. So...
0: Well, it's the old... You can't compare errors. Yeah, if you put Jerry West... But Jerry West in a one on one game versus JJ Redick. I'm sure JJ Reddick probably beats him. Right. But that doesn't take away from the player that JJ, uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry West was. No, but I agree. In his era, you know, yeah, the guys weren't as athletic. The guys weren't as skilled. The guys weren't as, you know, developed. Like, it, it is what it is. It's, it, you, you can't, um, <laughs> You can't, you know, compare errors, and that's that's the hard part. Like the and, and and everyone, you know, gets their panties in a bunch. Oh, LeBron versus Michael Jordan, or or Wilt versus Joel Embiid. It's just it's different eras, different players. Like it's, it's 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 impossible.
1: Oh yeah, and that that's what always kills me about when older generations are like, "Oh, these guys couldn't hang back in the day," and it's like they couldn't hang in the current day, because Steph Curry would be shooting at half court, draining it over him, and they wouldn't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> like, there, it goes both ways. More so that old couldn't play with the new, but you also can't compare, like you said, because the game itself was different, and for that era... Yeah, Jerry West was amazing. Wilt Chamberlain was amazing. Bill Russell was amazing. All that kind of stuff. And to me, there's only like a few players per era that could play in the other eras. And to me, that's what made all of those players, you know, as great as they are. Like, you could put Wilt Chamberlain in any era and I think he would be as dominant as he was because he was a legitimate athletic freak. Like, you could put LeBron in any era, and he is going to dominate. He's just a huge-ass guy that is a, just a force of nature. You could put Michael Jordan in any era, and he'll dominate. There's those types of guys in each era that you can do that with.
0: You could put Kyle Korver in any era, and he would dominate. <laughs>
1: Except
0: I mean for the era before the three-point line.
1: I was about to say, before the three-point line comes, he's probably just going to get as much as the other guys did.
0: but yeah
1: i agree you can't really compare eras and once you start it just is very muddy and there's no real way of saying like this guy is better than this guy if he played in a different era yeah so it's all it's all just he say she say kind of stuff um but that's all the topics we had prepared unless there's anything you want to talk
0: about No, I just think uh, that, you know, after today, we realized how much easier this show is without Dennis here, uh, since he knows nothing, and, uh, you know, he's very bad at fantasy sports, so that's all.
1: (laughs) Uh, We definitely get into way more uh, outside of basketball topics when Dennis is here, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm... And uh, next week we will definitely be talking about the 30-team fantasy league that Dennis and I are in to talk about our teams and everything. We might have a few of those guys on the show too. A lot of them are fantasy sports writers at various different websites. Um, So I definitely got myself in over my head because I think I'm the only one that's not like a fantasy writer or fantasy guru out of this entire group. So we'll see how well this goes. (laughs) There's one guy in there that like writes for like Roto Baller, um, uh, Raz Ball, um, and like two other fantasy, like big fantasy sites. And he plays in like 20 different fantasy basketball leagues. I'm like,
0: I'm like, how am I supposed to compete with that?
1: (laughs) Yeah,
0: well, you should have me come in and come on your team with you.
1: I mean, we probably could. I'm a little, I'm a little tight for cap space right now, but
0: oh, well, that's why you need a resident tax guy to figure out your cap space.
1: <laughs> Someone just actually put out this. Uh, a lot of guys are putting out like their own projections and stuff with all these Excel sheets in this league. Yeah, and this one guy realized based on how the salary goes for rookies. Um, the entire salary amount for all the rookies combined was like 200 some dollars and the combined cap space for the entire league that they, that we would have right now is like 150. So like the, the league doesn't even have enough room cap wise to sign all of the rookies from the next draft.
0: (laughs) That's why you got to build in a buffer
1: yeah that's i'm we sure
0: did my, that's what we did in my football league. they built in a buffer because they knew everyone would spend too much money right especially
1: on an auction draft like it was bound to be a lot of crazy spending and and real tight to the cap teams um but i'm sure it like they have this ginormous like league charter and everything like they have a whole board of like commissioners and stuff so I'm sure something will change and we'll probably get some extra money at some point, but we'll see. But yeah, so I think that is it for us. Thank you, everybody, for watching another episode of The Atlantic Files, the number one podcast on the number one division in the NBA. Make sure you subscribe. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitch. We are on everywhere you get your podcasts, audio-wise too, Apple, Spotify, Google, all of those. So make sure you check us out. Rate, review, subscribe. It helps us greatly. We appreciate it. And make sure you check out the Underdog Podcast Network. They have some great things on there. Not just sports anymore. They have all sorts of podcasts. They have like true crime ones now and all sorts of stuff. They're growing tremendously over there, which is crazy. Um, But thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. And we'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace.